Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. All Welcome right. to the Jet Centric Post Game. I'm going to do Start the intros next. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, we got to do the cheers. Uh, <laughs> I think we should do intros now because I'm going to forget how to speak English in the next like 30 seconds. So today we're joined oh. by our usual host, Liz, Brian, and the one and only John, the king of Jets Twitter. We're here to discuss, really? well, I'm just going to say it, <laughs> the greatest game in Winnipeg Jets history. I think that Whoa. was it right there. The greatest. It, there's only one other, there's only, yeah, in 2.0 history. I think there's only one other game that compares. And it was also a comeback from four, uh, from uh, three goals down. Uh, quick reactions to uh, just an unbelievable comeback by the Winnipeg Jets. I never doubted them. I said nothing mean. I was nice the whole time. I was supportive <laughs> and I believed in them all the way through. <laughs> Ryan, how about you? <laughs> uh, that was just the most fun I've had in a while as uh, as a fan. Um, you know, usually I'm uh, I'm more of the analyst type. Once once the score was probably four three, I was full fan. That's yeah. <laughs> at that point I don't care. Just get the pucks in the net at that point. So <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, Absolutely. That's that's all I can really say at this point. Um, and John, how about I you? Go back. I want to get all the receipts. All the people that said Nikolai Ehlers can't score in the playoffs. I'm coming for <laughs> each and every one of you. Like I'm, seriously, I'll find yeah. the thing. I'm going to be Twitter most. searching his name for the next day and just going through Thank all God, of the tweets because I'm coming for them right now. <laughs> all right, let's start by heaping the praise on Ehlers because. E- okay. I mean, what can we? Where can we start? Like. Like he, this is his first game back after being gone for, for three weeks. And he looked like he didn't miss a beat. Like he looked a little tentative at points in that first period, but then it was Nikolai Ehlers the rest of the way. And it was two. He changed the tone of this game multiple times. I can't keep enough praise. That tells you it's not just, Oh, he's just a great goal scorer. He is a game changer because the Jets were in trouble both the times he scored. And he scored off a set play and a power play goal that they absolutely needed at that time. He brought them back within one goal and then we gave it away on the next shift. But keep all the praise on Ehlers right now. Everyone go. I'll start. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I was. I had no worries about him. Like I have full confidence in that guy all the time, but of course there's always going to be like a couple moments of like, okay, maybe is he not going to be caught up to the speed of this series? Like obviously it's getting pretty intense. The Oilers are getting frustrated. It was a bit of a silly worry. And as soon as you watch him play, you're like, oh, right. He's the best winger in the North. This is how he plays. And it was totally fine. But that goal, that first one came at such a huge time. Like you said, like if it, if it hadn't come, like the Jets would have been down bad worse than they were when they were down 4-1 and then I just there was something about his face when he scored that goal he was like mind my language here but he's like let's fucking go like this is us (laughs) I'm here to do this everyone else needs to be on my level and it was just such a good like again like Brian said like not analyst whatever it was just like a skilled hockey player and it was just like oh fan moment crazy 
and I just I adore him and every time he's on the ice I know something exciting is going to happen and it was just it was exactly what it needed to be tonight I don't know if you guys saw my tweet earlier about how much I wanted him to score and it was just like oh yeah I I'm not even forming coherent thoughts right now like you can't see my legs but they're literally like vibrating like this is yeah like (laughs) this is what it's like to be a fan it's like I'm not saying anything intelligent and I wouldn't have it any other way right now yeah no kidding uh you guys are right on the ball there um (laughs) The Jets have one superstar on their team, and his name is Nikolai Ehlers. They got a lot of good complimentary pieces. He is he is that guy for this team. And if there was ever any doubt about that, well, I think he put any of that to rest tonight. And uh, yeah, we talk about him as the best winger in the North. He's got to be in the discussion probably for even among the best wingers in the NHL at this point. That's where I, I was going to go with it. Like, I mean, I'm, t- I'm, j- I'm over calling him the best winger in this division. I mean, that's easy. That's obvious. I want to go bolder. Yeah. I want to say in the NHL <laughs> like, top three, at least like the only thing holding him back really is just time on ice and time on the power play. And we, and you know, as much as we like to be anti-Maurice and say that he's not using the right power play unit. I mean, at least I got to give some credit to him for better late than not finally putting that unit out there as like the first power play unit for the second half of this game. And it, it won them the game, right? I mean, he, he finally started using Ehlers during the second half of that game, the way that he should have been using him pretty much all year. Um, and yeah, it was incredible. Like Liz said, and like everybody said, he just kind of took over the game and he looked like a superstar and he should Hopefully this game starts to kind of put him more on the national map because we talk about him, but I mean, he, he put on a clinic tonight. I hope the, the rest of the league starts to give him the respect that he deserves. You know, what's really hard is the narrative coming in this game is when is Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl going to show up as megastars of this game and earn megastars. They're two of the best players in this game. Connor McDavid is the best player of our generation, all of that stuff. And they got outshone by Nikolai Ehlers, who scored the important goals. Like, you can say everything you want about Connor McDavid, how well they played tonight together. And they put up four. They should That should be enough to win. But it wasn't because of Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, I love the man. I, I just want to say one thing before I forget. If I'm an Edmonton fan, I'm going to cut Archibald from my team. The game was <laughs> over. The game was over over until he takes that unnecessary cheap shot against logan Mm -hmm. stanley that is the definition of a stupid penalty in the playoffs that has no purpose and it opened the door for everything uh all right we heap praise on ehlers let's talk about uh some of the other players what what else stuck out to you john why don't you like oh list go i i just want to say because i want to talk about it before everyone else does because this is my duty as the ceo (laughs) of the pure like fan club okay so I have been defending him all season because I love him, but also because of all the reasons we've talked about this a million times. I know that it's just been a bit of a weird year for him, but we've always expected more from him. Two power play points. That unit did what it needed to do, and he was there, and he was contributing. And on that last goal, he did exactly what he needed to do to get Nikolai Ehlers that shot. And I just, I'm so excited, and I think this is going to ramp him up, and I think we're going to see him next game. And... That's my um, point I wanted to bring up just because I know everyone was like, oh my God, you didn't pick him as your overtime prediction. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm just so happy for him and the whole team. Like I literally can't even say anything bad tonight. Like this is not like me, but I'm happy with him. Um, Brian, you can go next because I really just- Uh, No, I just wanted to say, I hope so, Les. I really want to see 
the best version of Pierre-Luc Dubois. I, I don't know if it's coming this year. Um, I'm, I'm skeptical at this point, but yeah. So I, now this year, we is really, your prediction? probably another series. I'm longer, okay with so. that. I'm okay. Hey, uh, yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> don't want to say anything too quickly about that just care. yet. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he wasn't, he certainly didn't have a very good first period, but I, I, I think he got a little bit better as the game went on. So uh, hopefully we get, uh, hopefully we get some of his best stuff going forward. Um, I'm not sure I expect it at this point, but yeah. Okay. It's hard for me to Whatever. kind of think of like an individual, like somebody other than Ehlers that really, really stuck out in a good way. I guess maybe Blake Wheeler, I thought had a, a, a really, really good yeah. game. Uh, and that's something that we obviously want to see more of because he, yes. he obviously didn't have the greatest year and maybe that was due to injury or age or all of the above. I'm not sure, but I, I think I'm mostly just impressed with the team tonight. I think they just kind of kicked it into uh, another gear tonight they got more aggressive and it, it once again, not to do another a, a victory lap for us, but it looked like they kind of did what we often suggest to kind of play to the team strength, play, play a bit more fast paced, play a bit more aggressive, you know, don't be afraid to activate if you're a defenseman, even if you're not the most skilled guy, I think that's just really what this team's strengths are, are best suited for. And they just as a collective, like not even just Ehlers or just Wheeler, just as a team, they really collectively really just impressed me and, like we were kind of chatting before we started this, it's going to be hard for me to add anything insightful. I'm mostly just fanboying over the the performance that they put on during, especially the second half of this game, because the first period definitely forgettable, but man, they, they, they gave us uh, flashes of that 2018 season that we're all, we thought that was in the rear view, you know, mirror, but maybe that's what they look like for the next few, few games. I mean, that, that would be something else because they, they, they put on a clinic tonight, especially in the second half, and I'm totally here for it. Yeah, I'm here to put some respect on Josh Morrissey, Dylan Great. DeMello, Logan Stanley even had a Everybody great not night. named Derek Forbert. Everyone not named Derek Forbert. <laughs> and uh, especially Josh Morrissey. I think Chris put it well on the last intermission. He broke some ankles on that last goal. Like Mike Smith, terrible goal to allow. But, but what Jesse Pugliari committed to that. Yeah, but it was just a classic Joshua Morrissey uh, uh, back in, in play. And he and DeMello together tonight, they look like a first pair group, like a playoff level first pair group. I haven't smiled that much since Dustin Bufflin left the team because we haven't had a first pair uh, since uh, Buff left the team. And we got it tonight. And the other thing I'll say is Hellebuck was great tonight. He was great yeah. when he needed to be. But when's the last time we watched a game where Hellebuck let in four goals and we felt like Winnipeg had a chance to win? This was the team showing up around him for once. It was magical. It was absolutely magical. I, I want to delve into what John said about the fan moment. Where does this rank for you in terms of games and, and at least 2.0 history? I might have to sit on it for a bit, you know, because this is obviously recency bias is going to gonna kick in. But, I mean, it's got to be up there with that game three against Nashville, right, in the in the 2018 year, or maybe tied for it, I'm not sure. But maybe once I come off of the high of this win, I'll, I'll formulate my opinion. I don't, don't want to get too, too ahead of myself. But, I mean, 
you made a good point. I don't see why it shouldn't be. I mean, it's pretty much the exact same scenario. So, I mean, yeah, maybe this was the best game or, or at least tied for it. I'm not sure, but. I'm in the same. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I'm, I feel the exact same way. I feel like if I rank it right now, there's just far too much recency bias. Um, so I'll ah. defer that to, uh, I'll probably defer that to when the, run is over whenever uh whenever right. that may be but it's yeah, just too I, bad that this happened during covid because it kind of seems a little less hype because oh, we if don't there have was a if there were the you know what you know what john if there were fans in the building i think that might even put that even a little bit higher on the list just yeah. just from the whole atmosphere standpoint so maybe as it from a game standpoint maybe it is the best i I really don't know. Watching highlights of that game three with the crowd just losing their mind is just something oh, yeah. so unique and special. So I understand that. I'm putting this right at the top um, because recency bias, I get it, it's a thing, but recency bias is the only thing that matters to me because this is the most engaged <laughs> I've ever been in this hockey team. So like from my perspective, nothing even close. Like I remember that Nashville game three and actually I want to say Minnesota game five as well, because that was the one where we put on a clinic in the first period of that game. That game was over in like three minutes. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this team, let's go. Yeah. That was big, but it wasn't the whole game because the game was over right away, you know? <laughs> yeah, because I, I was at that game and it was like, I think, yeah, they got up three, nothing in the first period. I, if my mm. memory serves me well. Three or four, and yeah. It was really four. turned into a big party, like, we yeah. three nothing, and it was like we stopped everybody just running around the you know the arena outside, just kind of celebrating like we're moving on to the next round. Uh, so yeah, that game was definitely fun. I don't know if maybe that was the best from like a hockey standpoint, but just from a pure joy in the air kind of feeling. That game five against Nashville is is got to be up there. Yeah, yeah. So the only thing that is missing from this game is fans. And like the fans in the streets too, like yeah. that is, is missing from this. But when you like break it down, I get that the national game was in the second round and there was a little more at stake, but that comeback came in the second period. We were down four, one with eight and a half minutes to go in this eight yeah. and a half oh, minutes. Yeah. One's the, there is only one other game that you talk about being four, one with 10 minutes to go. And it's not allowed to be spoken of in Canada, at least in Eastern Canada. <laughs> so like, uh, so let's like see what this was. And the other thing about this, this was against Connor McDavid. This is devastating to him. Yeah. Like we oh, are yeah. just watching, you know, I was joking around this in group chat. Like we're watching Jack Eichel force his way out of Buffalo this season. This could be a breaking point for McDavid and Edmonton if they don't Future stage Winnipeg Jet, comeback. Connor McDavid. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. No, I totally understand what you're saying. Like, all year, we've been saying this team, Connor McDavid is their kryptonite. We can't manage him. We can't manage Dreisaitl. And as soon as we start doing that, I just feel like, and I don't even want to say that because they had a good game. They did a lot of things right. But all of the little things that the Jets were able to do just brings the momentum back on your side. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you get that goal. You get the Blake Wheeler goal. Josh Morrissey does that thing. And it's like, oh my gosh. And then at the end, all of a sudden you have, like we said, everyone on defense that's not named Derek Forward had a good game. At the end, he was on the ice and they were just putting on that pressure. He had a couple of nice, nicer kind of dump shots, whatever. Like this team was so engaged. And that is something I never expected them to see from a team with Connor McDavid on it just because it's so 
I don't even know, like, discouraging to play against him because it's just, like, it's almost a lost cause. And right now it's not. And that is so exciting as a fan, you know? I, I've i just watched, I'm watching way too much hockey. And I've watched <laughs> a lot of teams fold over the last couple nights. Um, and this team was down 4-1 and didn't quit. Like, their play level was still pretty high. Uh, for all the things I say about Maurice, and I stand behind 99% of them, he's kept this team together somehow uh, amidst all of this. And they play, they kept playing pretty hard, waited for their chance. That was an ugly goal by Matthew Perot that got them back in. There's a lot to say for that kind of character. And it actually, I know we have to win one more game, but it gives me confidence that this team can do a little bit of damage going forward, even when they're playing higher talented teams than what we've seen so far. Yeah. I think the hope with that is, um, you know, maybe they're a little bit tentative at times in the first couple games. And even this game, like maybe, I don't know. The hope I guess is that uh, they kind of let loose a little bit going forward and just, uh, you know, try and be the creative selves that they are at times. I think a lot of the reason that they look tentative early on is just because we didn't see Ehlers early on. He had like three shifts or something. He True. played uh, a hair under three minutes and we were all complaining about that. Uh, but once again, I mean, kudos to Maurice. I mean, we do, we do rag on him, but once again, I mean, better late than ever, he started playing him a lot more as the game went on. Uh, but I do definitely think that was kind of like the missing ingredient in that first period is we just weren't seeing our best player, which is kind of absurd that that even was a thing. But like I said, better late than ever. And I mean, you know, we'll, we'll take this win. And uh, like we're all saying, I mean, maybe this is something because we always talk about how the Jets look decent in the North Division. But I think we all made great points today that this was the type of game that makes them look like they can do damage in any division. If they're playing like this, I mean, this isn't like, oh, they can beat Ottawa doing this. Like If they played like this every night, I mean, they have as, as good a chance as anyone. So I'm cautiously optimistic going forward, obviously, because we haven't seen them play like this at, all the time. But maybe, you know, this is one of those things where just momentum kicks in or, or I don't even know what it is. I mean, there's a lot of randomness that goes on in hockey. But if this is something that we see, I don't want to get too ahead of myself talking about next round. But assuming yeah. that they do advance, mm -hmm. I'm starting to get a little bit more comfortable or and a lot more confident that this is a team that can actually do some damage moving forward. Yeah. So let me just ask the question. Is the series over? I mean... I don't want to say that yet. <laughs> yeah, I this is a fan podcast. We don't dare say it, right? Statistically, yeah. it was what? I don't know, like a 4 or 5% chance or something? I don't know for Edmonton. I think there's only I don't know what the, I don't know history, what the right? actual. I don't know what the actual chances are, but it's not. It's pretty grim for Edmonton. Like Mike after Smith that first Hellebuck for four more games... Yeah. Anything is possible, but I, I know where my, what my money's on. <laughs> like, I think it, it was one of those things where after the first game, we were like, we held them off the score sheet. Wasn't the, like the betting was like, is he going to get more or less than, doesn't even get on the scoreboard. It was, I think it was three points. It was like the right, anyways. So then that didn't happen. We're like, oh my God, they're going to come back mad next game. It was a whole thing. And then again, we won, weren't on the score sheet. And it was a whole thing. And like, we keep saying that, but it's like, at what point is it just like, they can't do it. They can't. And again, that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say because Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl is Leon Dreisaitl. But there are also 16 other skaters on that team. And I just think they're a little bit defeated right now. Yeah. Totally yeah. There was like only that. a few. 
Oh, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> no, sorry. I was going to say that it's always been their bottom six. And I guess like as a whole, their bottom nine is probably pretty weak overall. Like, especially if McDavid especially and Especially stacked Drexidal. up the three best players yeah. in their top pairing or their top exactly. line tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like you have some pretty decent depth overall, like certainly a lot better than Edmonton's. So, like, if you can put your foot on the gas on them, you shouldn't be having too many problems. And there are games where, yeah, McDavid and Drysaddle are going to take over, and there's really not a lot you can do about that. But it's not going to be every night. And on the nights that doesn't happen, you should be able to put your foot down on the rest of the team. They McDavid had three points tonight, and they lost. Like, right. like I don't know what more you can expect him to do. Uh, the other thing is, I think we're done seeing Mike Smith. I think that's it. I think like think? there's going to be some desperation moves now. Like, what well, else do they that's have? The only reason. They're going to yeah, split I... up McDavid and Dreisaitl again because he has no other moves. And literally, if he gets swept out with this team, Dave Tippett's about to be fired. Like, he will be fired if they lose. Uh, uh if they get swept for sure. Like, so Ken I think he's has done a lot of good for that team, but I just, I don't, I can't see like this Winnipeg Jets team. If anyone knows it's us, that this team is very flawed. So if you can't manage to squeak out one game against a team that has Tucker Pullman and Logan Stanley playing against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl for at least more than five seconds an evening, like <laughs> something's got to happen. And it's not going to be Ken Holland getting fired because he's done a good job this year. So, it, and it's them getting out coached not outplayed. Like that's the thing that has been demonstrated these three games. I think it's it kind of weird to opinion. think that, uh, that a Paul Maurice led team is it, They're probably out coaching another team right now. It is kind of funny. But like his saving grace has always been that there's just a lot of bad coaches in the NHL. I mean, I complain about him a lot, but I'd also complain about like 20 coaches in the NHL, maybe even more, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of just like one, they're all the same almost. Anyone um, not named Mike Sullivan, I would complain about. John uh, Cooper I don't know too. about that. But and John Cooper. There's yeah. a handful of coaches that I do like in the NHL, but yeah, no, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of them do. Some of them are still unemployed. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, tonight's not the night. I'm not, not going to fire up the fire Maurice train uh, tonight because I, I do think that uh, he did a good, especially there were some adjustments uh, later on in the game. Not something that we see a lot. That yeah. the first period, they were just trying to force everything up the wall and it just wasn't working. And they were doing it over and over and over again. But they, they really let loose. And I mean, the result was there. The process was there. The excitement was there. Everything but the fans was there. And it was just such an exciting experience. Uh, I, think, I felt um, defeated for a large portion of this game, yeah. but that, that changed with the snap of the fingers. And then I think it was a bold move on Paul Maurice's part to start the Lowry Appleton cop line against McDavid in overtime. And then, you know, we won the draw. We had first possession for sure. And, you know, we sent it down there and all of a sudden McDavid's coming up the ice. Mason Appleton lays the body on him and he gets the puck. Like it was just, they did so many small things, right? And like, obviously, like I look at the hit count. It's not like, oh, we won because of hit. I don't even know if we led the team in hits, but it's like little, that was the right time to hit Connor McDavid. And there's a lot of little things that I thought, there wasn't a single player tonight other than Derek Forbert a lot of the time, I guess. But, like, I just thought lots of players did a lot of things right. And that's what you need to have success in the playoffs. And so, like, yeah, no no complaints on most fronts there. Even Look, Forbert, I think back- a couple of times flashed uh, – like, there's a couple times where he was activating in the offensive zone. Like, the CD had a couple shots. Um, 
But yeah, he, he was just kind of a turnover machine all night. I mean, he was giving the puck up to Zach Cassian in overtime. Like, he did it like three times or something absurd. <laughs> it, it just got stagnant with him out there. Like, the zone exits weren't happening. And then as soon as it got stagnant, then, like, the counterattack from Edmonton could happen. And they're coming in with speed. Um, yeah, I think Forbert is like the one person you look at and you're like, I, I didn't love it. Now, going back to Brian, you interviewed Murat just a couple weeks ago on the podcast. And he said, like, yeah, the Jets can play this style. But, you know, the analytics people think they would lose games where they start to open it up because of the weakness on defense. And so yeah. I think we saw like the positives of them opening it up. But I do think there are some oh, negatives. Yeah. I think it, like tomorrow when we look at the game, we're going to see them they gave up a lot of high danger chances in the third uh against hellebuck and he just saved them that's what you have to do when you're down three goals you just have to go for it but yeah by no means was this a perfect game defensively by the jets no um i do think you have to like you can't push no offense right and mm -hmm. yeah you you do have to be conscious of the Connor mcdavid factor on the other side but there's three lines on the ice that don't have Connor McDavid, right? So you do, you also have three, supposedly you have three lines that can produce offense. So yeah, just, just kind of go for it. I mean, be careful when McDavid's out on the ice, but you know, there's going to be nothing you can do sometimes against them. So sometimes you do have to just, combat that with your own offense so i mean yeah sometimes i think when the jets slow the game down they're they're not good enough defensively or good enough in transition to really limit the opportunities against so and then they're they're not getting any offense of their own doing it that way by focusing on defense so mm -hmm. I think if you focus on possession and offense a little more, yeah, you might give up more on the rush and maybe some more opportunities to McDavid, but you also create a lot more yourself. And I think that's kind of the way you have to go, um, you know, as evidenced by the first period in game two and uh, the third period tonight. Yeah. Like I think. Because like, oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because like, yeah, when you play aggressively, you're going to get burned. It's inevitable. It, it comes with the territory. It, it's going to happen from time to time. But I think the reason that we want to see that more is just because we've also seen the, the flip side of that when they play passively, when they're not playing aggressively, they're getting burned anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. And we know this team is kind of, you know, we, we hear all the time that they're, they're kind of a skilled roster, at least up front. So letting those guys fly, I mean, obviously we're going to want to see that, because we're seeing them get burned when they, when they don't play aggressively anyway. Right. So it's almost like you've got nothing to lose uh, if you switch philosophies in that way. Well, yeah. Like I think uh, I'll go back to my point after, but I do want to touch on that. Cause I, we brought that up before when talking about someone like Billy Hanola and Sammy Niku, even the mistakes they make are going to be blatant, but every player makes mistakes. It's just, it, they usually reflect that style of play of that individual player. So someone like Billy Hanola is going to be, aggressive and upfront with everything he does so the negatives are going to be like oh my god but the positives are probably also going to do that too even though i'm not saying he can't do the little things right because obviously he can but it's just kind of the nature of the play of some of the guys that we have so someone like nikolai ehlers for example is so dynamic so when he makes a mistake it's like oh shit like you can see that he's made a mistake 
but he also does all of the things right too. So like everything that he does, that's good is like, Oh my God, this is one of the best players in the entire NHL, you know? So, but what I want I, to, I want to, I want to okay. read some of the quotes coming out from the post game, Matthew oh. Perot. Honestly, I wish there were fans in the building for this game. It would have been um. insane. And Billick says he caught himself before he said it was a crazy fucking game. Good on Perot because <laughs> he's the best. Uh, and then, of course, Nikolai Ehlers. That's our team. We don't give up. It's a wonder that no one got injured there during the celebration. And if, and you dream of scoring these kinds of goals. End quote. This is the coming out party for Nikolai Ehlers. Like, this is like put this also is putting the league on notice. Like he oh, by the way, he can score in the playoffs. And so like he's coming. The uh, NHL sent like four league wide notifications, I'm pretty sure, about this game. They're like, Oh my god, Winnipeg made a comeback. Oh my god, Winnipeg took it to overtime. Oh my god, Winnipeg just won. Like it's it's getting exciting. And like again, mm-hmm. I still stand by it. Whoever comes out of this division is gonna get squashed. But I think they're putting us on the map a little bit here, which is very exciting. And like this kind of t- goes back to my point, like we we're talking about best game in Jets 2.0 history. That is absolutely from a fan perspective, because yeah, like we forget <laughs> for the first 45 minutes of this game, we were atrocious. So like, let's, but just like the excitement and like the parts of, you know, the not giving up, like all these really corny things and just, you know, playing off of each other's energy and just like all these really small, important things that you can't put on paper. Those really shone through tonight. And that makes games really exciting for fans. And that's why, we still can't form coherent thoughts. Like that's why I'm still losing my mind. My phone is blowing up right now. People I haven't spoken Same. to in months, in years are like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> cause people know like, this is, this is it. Like, this is what hockey fans, like when we were losing, I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, I don't even like watching hockey a lot of the time. I just get mad. And it's like, why? <sighs> this is why, <laughs> this is why. Well, the progression for me from like game one to game two to game three, like I wasn't wearing any jet skier game one. I was wearing like a black hoodie <laughs> and I was like reluctant to even like watch the game. I was like, I guess I got to do it. It was like a chore, right? Cause I just had no hope, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to be wrong about that obviously. Right. Because I do like the team and yeah like I'm totally invested now and I'll probably get burned in the end they'll probably break my heart but I mean at least I'm having some fun along the way tonight was a lot of fun it's making it at the very least worth being an active participant right and at the end of the day only one team comes home with the cup sometimes that's all you can really ask for right I mean realistically your odds of winning are always going to be marginal but yeah the best team only wins like the best team only wins the cup while like 18% 18% of the time or something like Not that. Like I don't know NBA. what the number is. Yeah. yeah I mean, we were the best team in 2018. I'll stand by that. I've always been known as being like the, uh, you know, and you guys are obviously similar. We're kind of known as like the negative crowd. I really think the Jets were the best team in 2018. I think but Flurry all, doesn't make that save. I mean, like we might have a cut. stands on his head for five games yeah. and you're done. I mean, that's all it takes. So. Yeah. yeah. And then I, you see what happens when, you know, I, I don't remember the finals of that year super well, but I think he played like normal level hockey in that final series. And they just, it wasn't, it wasn't even a match at that point. Like I remember seeing Vegas fans like crying when they lost and I was like, shut up. You've known this team for five minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Call us when your team moves. Yeah. Literally when your team moves to another country, call us. Uh, I good news for us too about that randomness is like Hellebuck can be that guy, obviously too. Like, yeah. My whole thing with the Jets, even like in the preseason this year, I was like, well, I don't have really high hopes for them, but I'll just cheer for them to make the playoffs and then hope Hellebuck stands on his head for the postseason. And that could happen. I mean, he, more than any other goalie in the world, 
has a really good shot of making that happen. So maybe he's going to, he could be our flurry this year and get us to the cup. I mean, I, I know I certainly wouldn't be the most shocked person in the world if that was the case. It, and if tonight's any indication, we haven't seen the best of this team. We've seen 10 minutes of this team being good. And so like the ceilings there, because I think we saw flashes tonight of PLD being PLD. It's this coming. is Nikolai Ehlers. No, no, I think it, I, I honestly believe list for the first time that it is coming. Like, I think you saw some things coming out of him that were pretty nasty that are, that are coming. And then I'm this is game one of Ehlers. Yeah, no, sure go ahead. Think, sure, shut up. I think John's about to say something nice about Dubois. So let him do that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I hate to, but yeah, just, just exactly what it kind of backs up your point. I've got money puck pulled up here. Pierre-Luc Dubois did actually lead the team, uh, at least by money pucks model in expected goals. I think most that probably came from the power play though, because he did look yeah. pretty bad at even strength. He had a couple bad turnovers, but maybe that's the thing that gets him going. I mean, I do believe that, you know, we're kind of looked at as like an analytics, a bunch of nerds. Right. But I do think there is that human element that, that plays into hockey. And I think that maybe when Marie switched power play two to power play one and got Dubois got a lot of looks when the power play started getting going, and maybe that's the thing that kind of kicks him into that next gear, right? Maybe mm-hmm. all those chance. I mean, maybe he now starts playing just a lot more confidently. I mean, that could be a huge thing because you obviously know he's got to be down on himself. Oh I mean, yeah, he, he had a, a really a competitive rough guy. Yeah, I um, maybe this is the game that that kind of kickstarts the the peer the, the one that we thought we were getting right because I mean I, I don't think that he's just done and that his career is over and that this is who he is now. I do think the best is yet to come and. Maybe tonight was an important kind of building block, stepping stone towards the, the right direction. Yeah, another thing on that. Um, so, yeah, I didn't watch. I had a thing this evening, so I just had the game on in the background. So I wasn't watching super closely. So when I knew I had to come do this post game, I was like, hey, what are some of the points I'm going to bring up as someone who didn't watch the game super closely and look for any of the intricate details? And I was like, one of the things is going to be we need to not take penalties and we need to get penalties drawn. Stupid thing to say, but also – our penalty kill is fine, but this is a dangerous power play that we have on the other hand. And yeah, taking, getting that second unit out there is huge for confidence. It's huge for points because they score every damn time. Like, it's just, it's so important. And like you said with Dubois, like I think, and one thing that actually might be interesting from tonight, again, sample size, very, very small. I say this every time, but it's possible that him and Ehlers might actually be a better combination than we thought they were after the couple games that we saw of them this year. When he first came here, I wanted him to play with Cal Connor. I don't think that's a thing anymore. He started playing with Ehlers and I thought I want them on different lines, just kind of thing, but I, there might be something there. And I'd like to see a little bit more of that if the lines allow, which they will. Cause we all know that life only three things are certain death taxes and Connor Shifley Wheeler. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, speaking of Connor Shifley Wheeler, um, I was really down on them during the season. Uh, the first three games of this series. Yeah. They've given up a lot defensively, but I'm okay with that sort of because they've actually generated quite a bit and quite a bit of that I think has come from Blake Wheeler looking a little better. All that with Kyle Connor being a bit of an anchor on that line. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually Shifley Wheeler that's looked good and Kyle Connor is out there. (laughs) It's like like he's also playing. When Wheeler can really pick up his game like he has, that kind of changes this team a little bit, to be honest. Mm Mm-hmm. Connor's always right. kind of a passenger in terms of just even strength is concerned, but he's also like, 
one of the best passengers to have just because he's not a complete nobody. He's got one of the best shots in the NHL and he's, he's got to be one of the best players in the NHL when he's in all alone, when he's got space, I mean, he very seldom misses. So if Shifley and Wheeler get going and they start becoming the line drivers that we saw back in 2018, I don't, they get back to, you know, the, the full extent to how good they were that year, but even if they're just like half as good as they were that year, I mean, yeah, Connor's going to start getting some looks and he's going to start burying them. And maybe that line starts scoring again. I don't know. I, maybe I'm a bit too hopeful here, but yeah. Tonight's it, the it, night for that. It's certainly possible. Well, Wheeler did pot that one tonight. So yeah. that was that. And it was a good goal. He earned that goal. That wasn't just a gimme. All no, right. I two more questions before we get out of here. Cause we should, we, you, wherever you are, you should be going and partying tonight. And so one quick turnaround for tomorrow's game. Are we going to see Lauren Brassois? No, I'm kidding. Um, are we, uh, <laughs> what are your feelings going into to game four? Are you uh, like, you're obviously feeling good, but is this a, you want to see them just come in and lay the hammer down? Just, just oh, punch yeah. them out right now. Keep the foot on the gas pedal. hundred percent. Don't oh, play yeah. not to lose. Don't play not to lose. Play to win. Keep up. I the think this is a, keep up the aggressiveness. It's not I think this is the worst possible thing for the Oilers that it's it, there's no break. There's no, no break. Not. They have to just come back and in, in, into it, and it's going to be in their head. Like, I think the Jets have to put it to them, push the gas. If I were the Jets, I would be yeah, like putting my foot down kind of thing. Like this isn't the time to give Jansen Harkins or Christian Veselin another look. You leave the same lineup and you leave Connor Hellebuck in net. You put your foot down. You destroy their hope in the first ten minutes of the game, and then you get a break while you wait for Montreal and Toronto to wear each other down. And then you go and you kick either one of their asses or both. I'd be okay. I'd be okay with making two switches. Now the first one, okay. Both of them are never going to happen, but the first one would be <laughs> flipping out Derek Forbert for just, just an alternative. Um, yeah. Anyone. It doesn't have to Imagine be Billy defenseman even. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, we, know, we, we've harped on him a little bit already, so I won't really continue down that road. We know he had a rough game and is, you know, having a rough last couple months. Um, and the other one would be, uh, switching Perot back onto, uh, back onto the line with Lowry and Appleton. I, so I, much think, I think that line is just, I mean, the numbers supported, I think, I think the eye test supports it. At least mine does that. Uh, that line's a bit better with Perot on it, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that would be my two big things. Um, I, I, I won't, I won't make Liz sad. I think Liz is already, already hates me for how much I talk bad about Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, I'll, I'll go the positive route and hope he <laughs> uh, creates some chemistry with Ehlers going forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, yesterday I was honestly thinking, I, I just so bad, like I, I didn't want the reunion of cop Lowry Appleton so much that I was like, put Dubois on the left wing down there. Yeah. And at least like something, I just, I didn't want them to be together. Granted they were okay at the end of the game. I still didn't think they had a terrific game. I still think they're better with pro. Um, but you know what, like, honestly, like next game, I'm still not making any changes as the coach right now. Like, I don't even care as terrible as it sounds as a fan perspective, as terrible as it sounds from a Billy Hanel, a fan from whatever fan, I'm just leaving it as is, uh, fucking foot down. Let's go for it. I I'm with you. This is, uh, I give more ice time to Ehlers. Like Ehlers oh, yeah. is the superstar on your team. 
that put him out line, there. Put him out there next game. Absolutely. Put Paul him Stafford out there. Never much. He was fine. He's a great anchor is a terrible word, but like in a different perspective from that on that line, like he's a great, like he could just kind of ties him down a little bit. Let those two run free, let them develop some chemistry and be like the dad who just holds them back. The Dylan DeMello, the Paul Stastny, be that yeah. guy. And I'd love to see them get some more ice time next game and make some magic. Last question of the night. How's it feel to be a fan of this team tonight? I mean, I'm, I'd rather be a fan of this team than the Oilers right now. Great answer. <laughs> no, I'm just, yeah, I'm happy that uh, hockey is bringing me some joy because it often doesn't. So <laughs> I'm feeling good. Um, obviously, we come on here to try and provide a little bit of insight, which sounds ridiculous. But like we try and come on here to not just be like, wow, every single person had a great game. And if we are going to say that, we explain why, like that's kind of our shtick. That's why we're here. But as a fan right now, none of that matters. I'm just so freaking happy. It's recency bias, but I mean, we live in the moment, as cliche as that sounds. I mean, right now, I'm not going to, you know, I'm feeling a lot different than I felt a week ago, and I'm, I'm happy about that. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it feels great, at least right now. Uh, like I said, I maybe should probably be a bit more cautiously optimistic. Maybe when I wake up, that sort of cynicism yeah. will start to kick back in. But you know what? I, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and, and, and dwell on anything. I, I'm having a good time tonight. I'm going to have a... Uh, few more beers and uh, enjoy the night, enjoy this win and hope that they just, they finish the job tomorrow night. I think they have a good chance. I think it's been mentioned by pretty much everybody tonight that Edmonton just kind of seems defeated. And I hope that's the case. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm excited. I, 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 I really truly am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been a Jets fan since 93 is when I first started following the the teams. And I'm a Bills fan, if you can't tell from the helmet back here. Heartbreak is part of the business, as you said, John. But it like we're fans for moments like tonight. For not for like 10 minutes. That 10 minute stretch was the most thrilling hockey we saw from them. It wasn't just the comeback, but it was how they played too. It's like you could feel Edmonton like crumbling under the pressure and the Jets just go for it as a team like we haven't seen them do in a number of years. And uh, like Perot said, that was a crazy fucking game and I'm glad <laughs> I got to see it uh, because that was awesome. And it's tonight, it is awesome to be a Winnipeg Jets fan. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night with more intermission chats. Uh, I bet you you're going to see more people in those intermission chats tomorrow than ever before. Uh, oh, yeah. We had record turnout at, at, at the ones tonight. Uh, we'll be back with a post game tomorrow night, both live on Twitter and YouTube. But most of all, I want to end by all of us toasting the one, the only. Welcome back, Nikolai Ehlers, Nikolai you beautiful Ehlers. bastard. Yeah, let's go. God damn it, I love him. Yeah, John, good choice on the jersey tonight. I went with the Hobby Bullen jersey because I feel like I always have to respect the goalie. But like you know, I I, I think it's it, it the Ehlers jersey is gonna sell hot tonight. Oh yeah, I would have worn my Ehlers jersey, but it's blue, so I, I no 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 one that. changed a damn thing you're wearing for tomorrow night. Like that's the thing, no one can I'll change anything. This if I have to. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'm wearing this if I have to. <laughs> That's fine. He's still a member of the team, Brian. He's still a member of the team in our hearts. So Absolutely. wear it. Oh yeah. And uh, all yeah, right, I don't know if you, guys, you guys saw. I want. I'm gonna bring it back up. The little clip of Ehlers today. He's like, you know, it's not that hard. Just shoot the puck like stats. And uh, that's exactly <laughs> what he damn did. And I could not be happier for that little Danish bugger.
Yeah. That's a great way to end. Thanks everyone for, <laughs> for watching tonight and we'll see you tomorrow night. Go Jets, go. I'm Kurt Kielbach and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast. <laughs>